0: This is is, is
1: Diversified diversified. Game, Game Game.
0: A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may
1: agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. Tyson. When you're going against the odds, you've got to be creative, you've got to innovate, you've got to stand out and AL. Focus more on execution and application and less on excuses.
0: So let the game begin.
1: Hey, it's Kellen. And today, y'all, I don't have to share the airtime. Tyson and AL are out and about running 100 miles per hour. But I have a special guest, and I'm so excited because I have been dreaming about my puff puff questions I was going to ask this <laughs> guest. Today. <laughs> today, I have Luis Nonga, who is a mom. She is an author. She is also a speaker, but she's an entrepreneur times three. I mean, she has a hair braiding business, a mobile beautician business, and a auntie's puff puff mix that I want you guys to check out. All the links are in the description. You can follow her while you listen to her talk. Luis, how are you doing today?
0: I am doing fantastic. How are you doing?
1: Awesome. Awesome. It's always a blessing to wake up. So
0: amen to that.
1: Yes. Now I I just want to start from the beginning, so if we have, if we say anything that people say, what are they talking about? Um, Luis, mm-hmm. you're Cameroonian, correct?
0: Correct. Born and raised.
1: Born and raised on the playground <laughs> in, in, in the days. Yep. T- <laughs> t- tell us, tell us about your 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 journey. Um, what you know? Somebody might say Cameroonian. She sounds like my neighbor across the street.
0: I know. <laughs> I know. So. <laughs> I've had a lot of people in Georgia say, you need to stop saying you're African. You are a Georgia peach. You have been here so long. So the thing is, I came here very, well, not very young, but I was a teenager. I was 15 um, in 2001. And so I went to high school here, and I went to college. So I don't know. I guess I have my adulthood here, but then I still have, you know, the foundations from Cameroon. So I can blend in. If I'm talking to a Cameroonian, I will not sound like this. If I'm talking to an American, it just it just switches without inten- unintentionally. So that's why I sound this way, I guess. But I have the best of both worlds, and I'm very grateful for it.
1: And you should be and there's nothing wrong with that. It's the same way where, you know, people and and they made it a big thing like with Obama. Oh, mm-hmm. when he's around mm-hmm. black folk, he sounds like this. Mm-hmm. But there is a natural, you know, it just is. tone and it's language. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah, like when you're speaking to a Caucasian, your voice, your peace just goes higher. It's just something, about, I don't know what it is. Like, it just switches. And then if you're talking to a black person, it switches without you knowing. And if I'm talking to an African, and I'm sitting next to an American, they're like, what, where did that come from? Like, we did not see that coming. So it switches depending on who I'm talking to.
1: But but let's be clear because somebody will say, mm-hmm. Oh, is she she's over there, you know, code switching? It's a natural thing, even if you're in Mexico and you're yeah, exactly. trying to talk to someone <laughs> in Spanish, um mm-hmm, and you're mm-hmm, not fluent. Mm-hmm. If you have to mm-hmm. switch to English, you're gonna be a little more mm-hmm. clear and slower.
0: Clear. Yeah. Very
1: because true. Very you, true. you can't be like, Hey Masai, I know i, I don't exactly. know, how, you know. you can't do that. You can't break yeah. down a pigeon with uh an American because exactly. they won't know what you're saying. Uh-huh. But um uh-huh. Uh-huh. where in Cameroon were you born?
0: So I was born and raised in Limbe in the coast of Cameroon, right oh next my. to the water, right oh. where the got the best roasted fish you ever have in your life. And yeah, that's where I was born and raised. Still
1: so, fifteen. Now she 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 said the best fish, but Limbe, it um was. I will I will say this with everything that's going on in cameroon limbe is still yep. my favorite place in cameroon yeah. it just makes yep. sense to me that things there's a different system i don't i don't want to say oh the british system but i'm not a fan of the yeah. french system at all um yeah. And, you know, it's, it's a beautiful place, even though you won't find one speck of good news, except my movie that's on Amazon Prime on Cameroon. <laughs> you won't find one good thing about Limbe right now, but it's a place that I'm in Seattle right now. And Seattle yeah. is actually Limbe's sister city. I did not know that till moving oh, here. Wow. They have a, yeah, they have a whole organization that supports, goes over there. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, so it's it's interesting. But um she's from the best place in Cameroon you, you wanna go. I am. Yes,
0: yes, yes.
1: Now what got you into running all these businesses? Because of course as a Cameroonian, you're supposed to be like a nurse or a doctor.
0: Exactly. Yes, a, a lawyer. A, a lawyer,
1: yeah. <laughs> what how did you get into this journey?
0: So I would say being uh, an adventurous person and not being happy with the major I had in college. So, technically, I was supposed to be a doctor. Um, all my birthday cards that my mom ever wrote to me when I was young to so growing up had, you know, ended with a happy birthday to my future, Dr. Louis Nunga. And so I was supposed to be a pharmacist, went to school. Um, uh, I have my major, um uh, my bachelor's in, um, general biology and I took the PCAT to get into pharmacy school three times and flunked it three times. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And so <laughs> if not, I would have been a miserable pharmacist. So while I was in school, um, science, I didn't fit in. Science just wasn't my thing. It took me six years to graduate a four year degree because I hated it. I would take a class at a time. I wasn't really into it. So I graduated really just on average just to get by and just to please my mom and just to be like, you know what, let me just get this degree so she can just leave me alone. And while I was in college, um, right before I entered college, I did Miss Cameroon, um, Georgia in 2005, and I actually won Doc um, pageant. And through that pattern is what really boosted my self-esteem. It really opened my eyes and, and put me in position to see outside of just going to school. Because being a reigning queen, I had to go to different organizations. I would get invited to, like, different organizations to perform, to speak, and all of that stuff. So that's how I kind of got into the whole creative mindset and started doing things differently. And then from doing that, my talents which is called Asiko. My mom is from the Basar tribe in Cameroon. And they have this traditional dance where you dance with a bottle on your head and you have dance with your waist. It's like belly dancing, Hawaiian style, but with an African twist, I guess. And so people were fascinated by me dancing with a bottle on my head. And so they would invite me and then they started paying me to do it. They would pay me to come dance for five minutes and pay me a hundred dollars. So I was like, Hmm this is really good for, you know, out of high school, getting paid, you know, a $100 in five minutes. I really was like, okay, I'm going to see how I can turn this, maximize this. So I started a dance group called Afrobeat. We would perform with, like, musicians that would come perform in America. Um, And it just let, literally, that's why I tell people you have to start something Why I wrote the book just started because you would never, it wasn't a business back then. Everything that I started, most of it was not started as a business it was just started as i thought of a creative idea and then i just went for it and so from the dance group i did a reality show that i created and um um that didn't work out but it connected me to other things i I was a club promoter at one point it just all of the pieces just started building up and it was just connecting the dots before um even anti-spuff anti puff mix came about where i was looking for a recipe for puff puff mix when i was dating um, um, dating at the time, and the person was like, why don't you do the mix yourself? And that's how the idea came. I'm like, hmm, and I thought about that research. and nobody was doing it, and I was like, why is there something in the American market, and there's nothing like this in the African market? So that's how that came about. Even with the hair braiding thing, um, it started just with hair braiding. It was called African mobile braiders. You know, I braided hair for extra money on the side in college, and then after that, a client asked me to come to your house to do your hair, and then I turned down and said, that would be great. That's a great business, made my business cards. And then it just started to grow to where it's now Mobile Beauties, where it's an online platform, kind of like StyleState or Uber, as you may say, where you can find other beauticians that will come to you that are mobile. So that's kind of how the genesis of it is. It's a long story, but that's the genesis of it.
1: She gave you the the the, the, <laughs> the that was the short version for a very like um, long in in the journey exactly. <laughs> and, yep. and and you know and and I don't want to be cliche but I have mm-hmm. to because I know that when you wanted to just start it before even writing mm-hmm. the book and doing mm-hmm. something like being an entrepreneur talk about the pushback that you got from the people oh that my you love.
0: Oh my God. When I tell people that you are going to get the biggest pushback from the people in your inner circle, from the family members that love you. And like I said in my video, people can love you right out of your destiny. I heard that somewhere. I can't remember who said it. And I was like, "Mm, that's a good word because they're not doing it out of hate. They're just doing it because they don't understand and they don't see the vision that God has given you. And you can't blame them and you can't force them to see that vision. My mom was my biggest. If you want to say hater, and it wasn't hate, but she was me being a mom now. I can see why she was so, her anxiety towards my future was very high. So she did not want to hear anything. It was like, you want to do hair? Did I bring you into this country to go be a hair writer? Or did I bring you into this country to go start a puff puff, a puff puff to be, you know, a puff puff seller? Because puff puff in Cameroon, (laughs) puff puff in Cameroon is seen as a, uh, what can I compare? It's, it's just like a low grade. It's not some. It's not like filet mignon or something. It's like a very local food product. So my mom had anxiety. I mean, we had ups and downs. My sisters, everybody was laughing at me and saying that it just I'm Miss Cameroon. You know, they expect me to be a doctor. You know, or a nurse. You know, I'm a pageant queen and I want to go do all this stuff. Everybody was like, you need to focus at school, get your degree and go get you a great job and climb up the ladder. And I just wasn't feeling that. And I thank God that I I was a risk taker and I didn't listen to them so much because it did affect me emotionally because I was ashamed of my businesses for the first couple of years of doing both businesses. I never told anybody on social media what I did for a living. I never did. Like every time somebody would ask me, what do you do? I'm like, oh, I'm going to school to be a pharmacist. Meanwhile, I was doing my hair business. So I never promoted it on my Facebook because all of that was in my mind that, oh, people are going to laugh at you or people are going to see you as a hair braider and people are going to see you as um, a puff lady or something. But I didn't have, I knew there was something graded in that and I didn't know what it meant, but I knew that there was something in it, but I didn't have the right words to present myself. And when I was asked, years really praying to God to really show me who, what, what is my purpose, what is what is my gift that I can, because you always hear all the time, follow your dreams, follow your heart, you know, follow your gift, and your gift will make room for you, and I didn't know what that meant until I read this book by Steve Harvey. I think it's um, Think Like a Success, Act Like a Success, and that book changed my life, and when I was listening to the book, I was like, oh, my God, and he explained the difference between a gift and a talent. And he's like, a gift is the one thing that connects, that you can do easily, that connects everything that you do. It's something you do effortlessly. It's something that um, when you look back in your life, it connects the that, you know? So I looked at both businesses because to tell you the truth, I don't love doing hair. I don't love braiding. I don't love cooking. I hate cooking. I really do. People think I'm a chef. Maybe I love cooking. If you come to my house, you're going to starve. Because I ain't got nothing. We're going to order some pizza. <laughs> so, but the one thing that connected the dots when I read, when I listened to Steve Harvey, he said his was laughter, bringing laughter into any situation. And he can do that whether in a talk show, he could do that whether in um, hosting different shows, or he could do that in a movie, he can do that in gospel, he could do that in so But the one thing is he could bring humor out of everything. And I'm like, for me, it's bringing a vision to life. My gift is taking an idea, and pretty much bringing it to life. You know, if it's monetizing, if it's bringing it into a business, if it's, you know, actually activating, I'm an activator. And so that was the dot that connected to the two. And even when I did um, a reality show called African Queens, we filmed it, I created it, I got the the, the team together, we created it. We actually got a hula contract, but the contract didn't go out. Um, and so I looked back on the different things that I had done, even the dance group, I was like, oh, that's what connects all of them together is that when I think of something creative, I activate it. And so that's where the book comes in is where I want to now help people that whatever you're thinking of, whatever creative idea, that it could be a solution to a problem, you should, you know, I want to help them to activate and to overcome whatever they have to go through mentally, emotionally, and physically to actually make that manifest. Does that answer your question? I feel like I spoke D- too much. No, no, no. You're, you
1: you're, you're good. Let, let it flow. I, I, and I, yeah. I'm, I'm hearing every word. And I'm like, hold on. Yeah. If I, if I go to your house, I'm gonna have a menu. I want some Aru, I want some some I, know, acorn. Right? I want, I, I want. You know, I'm gonna tell you beforehand, and say, I can bring it over. But I don't want any pizza. I know, right? Uh-oh.
0: Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. Nope. But you won't find yeah. that my house. We're gonna have to buy that.
1: Yeah, no, we'll bring, oh, we'll bring it if we're coming. We'll say, uh-uh, just, just, you know, we'll, we'll but so, you know, and, and you said something that was so like, it was so touching where you said you didn't tell anybody about your business and as an entrepreneur mm-hmm. and I'm a PR guy and I'm a consultant, and it's all I've mm-hmm. done for the last, um, whatever many years, I, I don't even like thinking about it sometimes because mm-hmm. I came out the womb <laughs> doing this maybe, um, yeah. But, not be able for an entrepreneur not to talk about their business especially their small mm-hmm. business it's almost like mm-hmm. suicide but the fact that mm-hmm. you're not you're not alone I mean I, I've done mm-hmm. hundreds if not you know close to a thousand interviews and mm-hmm. always the people close to you and even with myself it was the people mm-hmm. closest that's how I knew it's like mm-hmm. you can't really you know people telling you what you can't do how it should mm-hmm. be done. And even if okay. you're doing something, and I tell kids this all the time, even if you're doing something that's a little in the gray area, you can mm-hmm. make it mm-hmm. and twist mm-hmm. that same method that you're doing. The drug dealer could become okay. the whatever he wants to sell mm-hmm. because you're mm-hmm. learning how to sell, but you just know drugs because that was easy mm-hmm. and cool at a time. Mm-hmm. It's not cool when you go to jail. So yep. you're, you're here, not able to tell people. How did you get clients not telling people, you know, what you did for? I got
0: clients from strangers. They didn't know who I was. So that's why I would go to Walmart and pass my business cards to Americans. Most of my clientele are not African. Most of my clientele are American because that's how it started. So I would go to Walmart, Kroger. I would tell people, but people in my circle never knew I did here because they just only saw me as Miss Cameron and even if I told them they didn't build the few that I did tell them, Oh, I could do your hair, they didn't believe me. You know, because it was like, Oh she's you know, she's pretty girl, she's just, you know, um uh, Miss Cameron pageant girl. She's not really that kinda of, I don't see her in that light. And for me, it was um I was growing my business. And that's why I think um nowadays and back then it wasn't so like the entrepreneurship. This is this is almost ten years ago by the way. For the, for the mobile business. I've, I've had it for about eight years now. And so back in the day, entrepreneurship is not embraced as it is today, where people just come up with an idea today. And by tomorrow you post some hashtag boss lady, hashtag making the move, hashtag this, that, that when you haven't even got into the business. So for me, I didn't know how to present my baby because your, your, your new business is like a child. I didn't know how to dress it up till I had the right words. And I, i was very appreciated that it worked out that way because I learned that you it was, it was me not knowing how to brand the business and brand myself to it. So when I did finally release my businesses, it had grown and it had a brand of its own. I could release it. I knew that I was a business owner. I wasn't a hair braider. You get what I mean? And for a long time, talking to the wrong people that only knew corporate America called me a hair braider. But I never knew that I was a business owner. Even though I was doing people's hair, I created my business cards. I got paid. I set my prices. You know what I mean? So just that switch in mindset, where I didn't see myself as a hairdresser, I saw myself as a business owner. Now I could present myself like, hey, I am CEO. I didn't know I was CEO, you know, because I was talking. I didn't have entrepreneurship around me to really know that. No, that's not. That's not your title. This is your right title. And, you know, that's how the devil can really mess with you, where people can really take you out of your purpose and out of your blessing because just of something that simple, where you d- you dismantle, you, you diminish what greatness that you have in you because you don't have the, you have the lack of knowledge. The Bible says, well, and when I gained the knowledge, I was like, wait a minute, I'm a boss. Like, I'm a CEO, I'm a business owner, and then I presented that, and by then, the business had literally grown into just me. I had employed other braiders. We had a uniform. We had a website. So it was looking really awesome at that time to um, release it. Even with Puff, Puff, Mix, Puff, Puff Mix was already in stores. These And people had already been buying the product, never knew it was me. Never, never knew it was me. So when I released it, it was like, what? You're the one that made this product? And so that was when I started getting feedback because I presented it when it had grown a little bit. I didn't present it. from. So for me right now, people should take their time. Take the time out to package it, have a few clients, really learn about your business a little bit before you're just out there just trying to prove to the world that you're doing business. But for me, it was just a mindset of switching how I saw myself and how I saw my business.
1: That is so important. And I know somebody will be, be touched by that. Um, we I do this, we do this podcast for, I think about the 14-year-old who can't hire mm-hmm. us, who doesn't have, mm-hmm. you know, doesn't even know where to find someone like us who that's what mm-hmm. I, I would always do naturally. Cause I'm a walking billboard. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. you, you know, when you talk about your gifts and talk about the different mm-hmm. things, it, it resonates with people and people need to hear it because you're going to hear more no's than you ever will mm-hmm. hear yeses, especially in oh, the yeah. beginning. Mm-hmm. And you're, and you're a full-time entrepreneur and you have I children am. Um, Yeah. Talk (laughs) talk about, you know, is there ever any pressure to say, you know, I I, I, maybe I should have went pharmacy the whole route and made that, you know, guaranteed, you know, six figures. Do you ever get any pushback or or even self-doubt? And how do you deal with that?
0: Constantly. I'll tell you what. I think about last year I went and did a program, um, an IT program. For when training for about four weeks or six weeks to go get a regular job, a contract job, so that that way I can have consistent income when I need it, but still be able to work on my business. When did the training for four weeks? And the person that was supposed to help me, who helped me get into it, did my resume, and I was just like, the resume was so much lies because I know. I mean, I know that in corporate America, that's okay where you lie about your experience and your titles and all. And I was like, I I don't lie. I just I believe, I'm a firm believer in the truth shall set you free, and I never want to be in bondage. So I try my best not to lie about anything. And so I didn't go for it because my resume had too many lies on it. But that's, I'm saying that to say that I am tested all the time to go get a regular source of income because entrepreneurship is not easy. Um, today you make a lot of money, tomorrow you dry. So it's a it's a roller coaster. It's an up and down situation. So I'm tempted all the time to go get a consistent um, paying job, that um, I at least like, but not a career. I've never been tempted to go get a real career. And I'm told all the time, till today, my stepdad still tells me, why don't you just quit this whole thing and go get a regular job? You could be making 90000 a year. You could be making eighty, seventy, ninety thousand 90000 a year. And I'm like, my company does more than that. Why would I go work for somebody else? I may not be bringing personally that amount of money, but my company does more than that. And I see the vision of where I'm going. So I'm tempted all the time, but like the Bible said, you got to renew your mind every day, daily. It's a daily thing that you have to renew your mind. Now, when I advise people now, if I had to do it all over, I would have gotten a regular job part-time. I definitely would have gotten a regular job part-time, but my my blessing was that um, when I was married at the time, my husband um, paid all the bills, so I was able to actually do me and do the business and start the business and not really, um, over stress about it. So that was one of the blessings that I got out of my marriage. But um, if I were to do it all over again, I would at least have a part-time job just to secure my bills so that I don't ever have to stress about bills. So that 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 for me, right now it's too late for me to say I can go get another job because I'm too busy now. And I'm at a space where um, I have consistent flow of income. I can create, you know, my income and I can um, – I've learned how to be a good steward to uh, maintain my income.
1: And you have multiple streams. What is the hardest of all your businesses to push and, and why?
0: You know, um, none of them. That's why I believe in gifted businesses. That's why my book says that how to activate your God gifted business. I can't help you activate a business that's trendy. That's not my thing. Like I just, I, I don't got it. Um, but once it's something that is linked to your gift, it never feels overwhelming. It's never, I can't even, and a lot of times I've met with coach, business coaches, um, that have been like, Louise, you're doing too much. You need to pick one where they will say the mobile beauties, the hair, the beauty business and the food business, you need to kill one so you can focus all your attention on one. And I've been told that by people that are, you know, successful, that that are deemed successful. And every time they tell me that, I get nervous, I get anxiety. Like, I'm just like, I can't pick one. That's like asking a mom of twins to pick one child and kill the other one. And I'm like, they're both growing, literally growing at the same pace. Like, every week I have to take a day off for just Puff Puff Mix. Today's Puff Puff Mix Day on Wednesday. Thursday and Friday is for the hair business. Monday is my fasting and praying. Tuesday is to, so, you know, focus on the book. So there's no way for me to, um, Pick one over the other or which one is harder because they are all connected. What we're talking about right now is connected to all three businesses. It's connected to my book, my hair, my business, hair, uh, my hair business, and um, the food product. So that's why I'm so passionate about your gifts because you won- you really will not feel like you're working so hard. That- that's a cliche, but it's very, very true. Well, well,
1: and, you know, I'm always being put in that category as a consultant and people, everyone has a great idea. Until I say, you know, you need to put money into it because, you know, Mm -hmm. I I, I, I sometimes feel like the uh, the micro shark tank. I see something and I say, hey, Mm -hmm. we we want that. And and that's Mm -hmm. what I saw when I saw your your puff puff business, because I said, I wonder, has she used influencers and is she in retail at all? um because I can't tell that from the website so you know mm-hmm. I, I, now that I have you on the line um this is a mm-hmm. show where we give the game and we learn the oh, game yeah. yep. um have you yep. used any influencers yet and is it in retail
0: so thank you for that pointers I'm going to definitely work on that to make sure that it's more visible on the website and on the social media page that we are in stores um, influencers, and that's why I appreciate you saying that you're looking out for the underdog, too, that can't afford you. Because my problem with the influencers that i have come in contact is they're too expensive, even for me. Um, I can't afford $2,000, $2,500 a month for you to tell me how to strategize my business or how to level up my business. It's not feasible for a small business. Um, and so that's why I'm also passionate about helping other people for a very, very minimum, very, very low fee so they can afford it. So for me, no, I haven't used any influencers. Really, my influencer has been God. I'm not – it sounds cliche, but I am a, a, a faithful believer in connecting to the Holy Spirit and letting the Holy Spirit be my influencer. And it's, it's worked tremendously. I just came from Maryland um day before yesterday and there is this distributor in maryland that i've been trying to get for oh my gosh three years and i have been trying to get them i actually had flown out there to try to get the distributor and he wasn't there and so i just kind of let that be um the contract did go because he's one of the biggest distributors for african products and african groceries went there this weekend to try to renew my passport and i was like huh you know my spirit was like, oh, just go see if, if they're there. I really was going to talk to another distributor who also has been going back and forth with me. And I went to this other distributor. He happened to be the owner. The main owner happened to be there. I showed him the product. Um, I was there in person. And he was like, in, within two minutes, he's like, oh, yeah, sure. Bring up 10 cases to start with. Let's see how people react to it. And I'm like, oh, can I get this stage? Can I put my product on this stage and have my post? Oh, yeah, sure. No problem. That was, all right. God, that was it. It was literally three minutes. And so that's why I'm so passionate about involving God in your daily business dealing so that the Holy Spirit can guide you into all truth and lead your path because it it makes you not have to depend on man. It makes you not have to say, okay, I can't afford this influencer, so my business cannot go there. You got God. You got Jesus. You got the Holy Spirit to guide you into all truth. And so I got the deal now. We're in over 40 um, grocery stores and farmer's markets um, nationwide. The business Puff, Puff has been around for five years now, and um, the beauty business has been around for eight years, and we have not really been doing a lot of marketing. I'm just now getting into marketing um, because now people – it's still new to people, so technically it's still a new business, and it's been eight years and five years. That's another thing that people that get into business, the first couple of years, it's not it's not a, a, a cakewalk. It's something that you really have to be passionate about for you to really stand the course because it's a journey and it takes years to get there. It's not the first year you're going to be balling or the second year you're going to be balling. I was making money the first few years, but it wasn't enough money where I could be like, oh, okay, the money's going right back into the business. So no, I haven't used an influencer. Um, but you've but been in 40, you're
1: in over 40 stores. I want you to say what stores yes, or what chain, because I want people so, to request. Sure. You know, in yeah.
0: in Georgia, we started at Casey's Foods, which used to be called Mom and Pop's. We're in Casey's Foods. We are in Honest Star, we are in Ag's Tropical, we are in the Nam-de-Moon Farmer's Market, we are in Othell Farmer's Market, Um, out-of-state, we are in Illinois, Um, we have a store in Houston, um, Acuna Market. In Dallas, we are in Afribian, I think, Um, in... um, Maryland and there's just so many other stores. I have dis- minor distributors that distribute to other stores and they don't share the list with me. So that's why I say forty plus, because I can only count probably up to that, but it may be more. So um You know what I want you to do? To your store, if I want- if you if they go to this store they don't carry, they need to hit us up so we can send they need to ask them to hit us up to send them a sample.
1: And and, and <laughs> but but dealing with food um before you know, your average consumer has no idea how to go to your manager. Even talking to your local manager now, people are—it's sure. a microwave generation. People don't know. Give yeah. them the the quick process of what they would need to say to their manager, and what, do they need to look you up by the SKU, or you know, talking to your distributor and saying, "Hey, this is the distributor who sends that out." Give them the quick process. For your so product, for me,
0: they can just go to w to um mix dot com or they can go on our in- instagram at antispuffpuffmix.com. dot com If they go there, they can just ask why they're not carrying the product and they can hit us up to send a sample to that store or they can order for themselves online on our website and we'll ship it to them. But then the shipping, you know, the shipping costs just as much as the product. So that's why it's easier for um, somebody to go to the store and say, hey, this product is really doing good. Um, it, be, it will be really interesting for you to carry it up. Because most of the time, some stores have not heard about it. And some stores have heard about it, but they're kind of skeptical because people are not asking for it. Because And people are not asking for it also because they don't, you know, they don't know how to go about it. So you can just refer them to us. And Or you can hit us up on, on Instagram and let us know the store that you went and asked for the product, and we'll let them know that, hey, one of your clients um asked for you guys to carry, and we'll send them a, a sample and then go from there.
1: It's And it's easier than you think, folks, and if you mm-hmm. are... I'm one of those. I like fresh bread. I so I'm at the store every day. Mm-hmm. And if you know the manager of the store, you guys would be surprised. Mm-hmm. I mean, and if there are sometimes you have to be with a certain I call it a gang <laughs> distribution mm-hmm. distribution. Mm-hmm. And they say, Well, mm-hmm. if they're on this, I can buy from here and we can try it out. But um exactly. You, you mm-hmm. and I will, will, will talk about that um, off off air because um, I, I love oh, the idea. It's like Jiffy is everywhere. And why exactly. is it Puff Puff or Beignet? Mm-hmm. It, it mm-hmm. just would make sense. Mm-hmm. I, 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 mm-hmm. I want to ask you, you know, um, about that African Queens reality show. You said you had oh. a... a, a uh, an interest at, with Hulu <laughs> and and TV is my thing so I'm like I oh. want to see that I want I, I will want, send like,
0: you the link it's yeah. a private link on YouTube and we have the pilots on YouTube so honestly um that was one of the business deals that I think I did for the experience and for the connection because I, I got connected to some amazing people, um, some of the cast members, are one of my clo- my best clients today even, and my friends, um, and the guy that I partnered up with, um, and the people that I met. Honestly, I don't think that reality show was meant to really hit it, but it was meant to really boost my confidence in business and my skill because... When I filmed the real, when I did the reality show, the first time we filmed the pilot, right? So my vision and what we actually filmed were two separate things. And I think that's why God didn't allow it to really happen because it really would have, um, it would have, um, it's one of those uh, blessings in disguise that it didn't work because um, the way my life ended up going, the path it ended up going, when I look back, I'm like, thank God it didn't make it because if it made it, I wouldn't be where I am today. I would have been definitely distracted from a lot of things. And uh, uh, going through a divorce also would have definitely be something that maybe I wouldn't be able to handle publicly. So for me, it was a blessing it didn't go. Um, So my vision for the reality show was African girls, um, how we're interacting, how we're making it in a different culture and trying to still implement the African background into it. So my vision was different girls from different African countries coming together, having their uh, 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 um, common things they have in common, and then also having their differences. But just trying to merge the American mindset and the African mindset while I'm living in America. So I got somebody from Ghana, got somebody from Nigeria, got somebody from Cameroon, um, and um, we filmed the first time around. I actually had a lesbian on there. This is, ooh, this is like seven years ago or so had a lesbian Nigerian on there who was fully, I mean, full-blown. It wasn't, you know, nothing. She had never been with a man, never interested in, but she was a born born Nigerian. And so we filmed the first pilot out of my pocket. I think it cost about $1,500 that I paid to get it filmed, to film just one episode. It was good. Filmed the episode, started shopping it around, just emailing people. And people said shopping it around is not as fancy as the sun. It's literally me just researching Um, uh, production companies or um, TV networks and getting your email and then sending them a cover letter and then sending it to them. So that first uh, pilot, literally, I was praying one night for God to connect me to the right person. And I'm like, God, please connect me to the right person for this reality show, da-da-da-da-da. And I woke up, and it was like 10 p.m. or so. And um, I searched, I, I don't know what I searched, but I came across this guy's, contact information that does film festivals in Atlanta Len Gibson he does an annual film festival he's been doing it for uh, I don't know almost 20 years and I just emailed him and the title of the email was hey because I thought about it I was like these people get a lot of emails so I should probably put something in the um in the subject matter that grabs their attention and and they can relate it feels like somebody they know so I put hey with like capital letter and y, 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 y. like hey. <laughs> and so I sent it up that night. When I tell you 10 minutes later, this guy replies me. He's like, hey, this, my name is Len, da, 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 da. I'm the owner of da. Honestly, he's like, I really, I liked your um uh a show. I really, I think we should talk about it, meet up and talk some more about it. I'm getting into, you know, the African market and da-da-da-da-da. Oh, my God. I was like, what in the world just happened? Long story short, met with him. Guess who he came with? His partner. He said he's going to come with his partner. He came with his partner, and it was the late Tommy Ford. The late Tommy Ford from Martin. Oh, yeah. Yes. He came with him to the meeting. I was like, yo, I don't made it. I call everybody. (laughs) Mama, I made it. (laughs) (laughs) And so... But that deal didn't go through because at that time, you know, American, yeah, the Obama thing was kind of starting up, but then it wasn't, they were shopping it around because they were supposed to come in as the agents to shop it around to get us a deal. But the, 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 the people that were shopping it around needed demographics of what, they were not sure if an African-based show would actually sell and what network would it sell to, what is the demographic of how much, you know, what is the percentage of Africans that watch a certain you know what I mean? Certain networks. So they everybody was nervous about it. So they said the only way they would take it is if I filmed the whole season out of my own budget, found my own investors or well, out of pocket, filmed it and then they'll take it. So for a few years, didn't have the money of because that was gonna be like hundred K. So then I finally linked up with the owner of the famous club here in Atlanta, whom I met through doing club promotions. Never knew he had a production company. Never knew he did like production movies. Shout out to Eve, Eve Chuta. And so I talked to Eve, and he was like, Yeah, let's have a whole production. You ain't got to pay for nothing. We'll partner up and we'll do this. So we refilmed the whole thing all over, different casts and so forth. And so um, filmed it, shopped it, or tried, started shopping it around. And I contacted somebody on Hulu. There was this guy on Hulu who does. um. Um, content for um, African movies on Hulu. So I sent them an email. Long story short, we got a, a, a deal with them. Guess what happened? One of the hard drives crashed. Mm. So we couldn't deliver. So we had a contract with Hulu through this content um, provider for Hulu who was African. He's I think, South African or something. And then when it was time to start the editing for 10 episodes, one of the hard drives crashed. And it was just a mess from there. And I just was like, you know what? yeah, this is, this is just, it's not, and I just left it alone, and I left it alone ever since. But I would love to redo it this time and still stick to my vision because the reality show ended up being really, really the typical reality show. I mean, we we had girls on the first episode, they're fighting, they're jumping on the table, there was glasses being broken. True story, not scripted. So it just took a life of its own. It wasn't what I, what I had in mind was something really inspiring and not wretched, not really wretched-ish but it ended up being that way, and we had to edit it that way because it was juicy, and every time I would talk to the team, it was like, yeah, but that's juicy. I'm like, yeah, but that's not what I'm trying to portray African women doing. So I'm kind of glad it didn't because it wasn't portraying African women in the way that I would want to now. But now if I had to do it, you know it's going to be entrepreneurship-based, you know, business-minded, spiritually-filled, and all of that stuff. So we didn't talk about that. Maybe we'll need to redo and, re, you know, rethink it
1: yeah i mean send send me that and and i even um i even you know want to see because i'm just going to tell you what i was going to tell you off air anyway um Mm -hmm. i i'd I'd like to see how your 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 puff puff you know the videos um how you're pushing that to the people and they like kind of get game because i we we represent influencers and you know, they are expensive You're, you're, you're and they're yeah. only getting more and more expensive, but mm-hmm. there's a way and it's how you approach them. Like we have influencers. Mm-hmm. If you were to put their um face or their brand yeah. on certain mm-hmm. packages, like a special edition and give that's them exactly. a certain percentage, they may oh. be more inclined to that. And that's something that- You know who I want to
0: get so bad?
1: Hmm. You
0: know who I tried to get? Ludacris' wife, Eudoxie. That's my dream, best friend ah. in my head. And I reached out to her, and she uh-huh. agreed to come pick up, to come get to get a sample. And she thought we were a restaurant. And I said, no, we're not a restaurant. We actually can mail you a sample to your house. And I think I kind of scared her off, you know. So I didn't know the right jargon to, to use and that kind of stuff. But that, she makes puff puff all the time from scratch. Really? So, yes. She cooks okay, all the time.
1: Yeah, I did not, yeah, I did you're not definitely know that. right.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And what I tell people when you're trying to contact influencers and again, it it becomes especially you're in black Hollywood, you know, you're in Georgia Mm -hmm. um, when when the owners sometimes are doing it themselves. It's like, why aren't your people doing that for you? And Mm -hmm. so they you know, they say, well, then you need us more than we need you type mentality, Mm -hmm. which isn't a universal, I would say black thing to think of because it's supposed to be Mm -hmm. each one, teach one. And my hashtag is with unity, we all win because there's enough money to share. Now Mm -hmm. we know there are some people who don't like to share, but even with like you, you were talking about, you know, high-end consultants telling you focus on this, focus on that. I want to make it clear to the, that 14 year old who's listening, you do need to have Mm -hmm. focus in business, but when you have multiple businesses, you then have to hire. And hiring now mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily mean that someone's there in front of you. It might be remote hires. It might be a cousin yep. all the way in Limbe who says, mm-hmm. "I just want to do something. I have, you know, the mm-hmm. internet. Let me get busy." So, mm-hmm. you know, it, your your ideas are—they're all there. They're, God has given you these things. It's just mm-hmm. how do we manage them? And a, a very successful Cameroonian very successful. Uh, uh, Stella, um, she, she runs healthcare, of course, but it's, it's a multi million dollar business. And she, when she gives her speeches, she talks about most people don't have systems. And if you have the right system that works for you, you can duplicate yourself. And that's what I always think in business. How can I duplicate myself to the point where I can be in Limbe and just write books and podcasts mm-hmm. all day so you know I hear the King in the background and I know, you know right yeah yeah
0: <laughs> no, that's, I, fine. that's fine
1: I, I, yeah I hear I hear him in the background but I I, know. I, I want to um you know my, my I think my, one of my final questions and it's one that we ask all of our guests is mm-hmm. what Is your community give back that you're doing or that you want to do in the future?
0: So my community uh, give back that I started doing already is really my speaking engagement and actually um, mentoring people. So um, the speaking engagement, I don't get paid for it. Um, I've not been charged because that's really something I'm passionate about. And just also when I meet people and try to, um help them start activate your businesses and talking to them and advising them and encouraging them and I've had a few a lot of people that have started businesses based on our conversation and have been accountable based on it, but at the end of the day, you can't really force people to walk into their purpose because it's something that you really have to want it. I have spent. You know, I really reduced talking um to people about starting your business as much as I used to because I realized that people didn't see the value when you're not charging them for it or when you're just you 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 consistent I found myself, you know, consistently I, I would say pounded it in your head that you should do this, you should do this, you should do this and it was stressing me out because that's my passion. And so when you're really passionate about something and you see greatness in somebody and you try to push them to do, and they don't do it, it kind of breaks your heart a little bit. So for me, I realized that, um, Some people have to ask for it. If I talk to them the first time or the second time and I see that they're not really interested, I quit. I stop. I don't. I don't push it until they're ready. They know where to find me. I let them know, hey, whenever you're ready, let me know. If I talk to them now and I see that based on what they're saying, they're not ready. I'm not gonna be be wasting spit and wasting energy. So for me, when I go to speaking engagement, I'm always there. I'm asking questions. We do Q and A's. I give them my contact information. And after a while, I'm like, I'm gonna start charging people. Um, for me to help them because when people, I really do believe that when people don't pay for stuff, they don't value it and they were not valuing it. So now I'm like, you can hire me as your business um, assistant. And I only charge $19 an hour. So if you needed me for three hours a week, to start off with to help you really start your business. I can create your business and start your business within thirty days where you're functioning business, but you have to pay something. And that's sixty dollars a week towards you starting a somebody's actually doing the work for you, not just telling you what to do. Because a lot of times two influencers just tell you what to do and they leave you with that. For me it's like you have to also be part of it helping them actually do it too. But at a price, I can't do it for free. And even with that, especially for and my passion also is Africans especially for Africans, you know, we feel like we shouldn't have to pay for stuff or even if you're you're giving them the lowest low, it's like they're still wanting for free. And I'm like, no, I can't leave my business and do it for free. I'm already doing this at a low cost, but you have to be willing to pay something. And even when people start businesses, you may not have much, but have something that you're investing in your business. Go to Fiverr where you can pay somebody five dollars to do you a nice logo, fifteen dollars to do you a little flyer. You have to make your business look, you know cut the shortcuts and not stop doing things for free and have it look in any kind of way, but at least try to educate yourself and get the knowledge and, you know, go out there and ask for knowledge and be willing to pay something. You may not be able to afford somebody for $2,000, but you can afford somebody for $60. You, you have a job, you work, you pay, you, you go buy clothes and shoes, but you have to also invest in yourself. So for me, um, that is my passion right now is um really just pushing people to monetize your gifts and not look at this as a corporate world because I have I know doctors, surgeons, everybody else, and they are miserable, and they wish that they could be in the business world, and they're still trying to get into the business world. But the difference between a CEO and a non-CEO is the people that actually took action and actually took the risk. That's the only difference. All of us got dreams for days. All of us got visions and gifts. But the difference between me and you who's not doing it is that I took the step, and I actually, you know, walked it. If they say without works is dead. So I actually made the move.
1: That's real that's real talk. And I and I and I wanted to when you said, you know, for free. It's great if you start for free. But I have Mm -hmm. you been to a Toastmasters uh meeting?
0: You know you're the third person to tell me that I really need to do that. I'm going to do that.
1: Okay. (laughs) I I want you to do that this week. Find Mm -hmm. one that you can, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and when you go and I, and we tell mm-hmm. our clients this, every client for ours that speaks professionally, mm-hmm. we say, mm-hmm. go to a couple meetings. You don't have to pay for most mm-hmm. of them unless you're going to a corporate one, but find the mm-hmm. right club for you because we all can mm-hmm. become better speakers, but mm-hmm. go to Toastmasters. And when people say, Kellen, you've pushed me, you pushed me. And, and these are people that are paying us mm-hmm. to you know push them. And they said, mm-hmm. I'm now like going to be a speaker at this event that I would have never known mm-hmm. known of. But Toastmasters yeah. is only the beginning, but that's where Les yeah. Brown, the Tony Robbins, they go. But Ooh. once you get Toastmasters under your belt, we have some more mm-hmm. game. I've actually just inboxed you, the two organizations, mm-hmm but I want everybody to go to Toastmasters because everybody can be a speaker. Everybody has a story. I know I said that was my last question, but I told you, and I am a man of my word. I want you to talk about briefly the immigrant mindset that you talk about on your YouTube channel that people can go click and, and watch and on your Instagram. And you are giving immigrants because to me immigrants have the hustle that build this country and it it, and it's like you can't tell them no someone might not be able to speak English but they're going to open up a business but Mm -hmm. you go as an immigrant and talk about how immigrants some can even do better so can you talk about that briefly
0: yeah so I think that was my most I love that video so much because it really had the synopsis of why I do, that's my why I do what I do and why I try to um, help, especially Africans. Um, I didn't realize that we had an immigrant mindset till I started really talking to people more about business over the past couple of years. And I realized a pattern um, between a lot of us immigrants, Africans to be exact, is that based on how you got into the country, it affects what you end up doing in the country. And I realized a pattern that um, some people, most people that came here, Um, If your uncle or aunt brought you here, they told you what to do pretty much. And you did it. They told you how the system works based on what they know. If they were a nurse, you was going to be a nurse. If they were um, a doctor, you was going to go to school to be a doctor. And so based on what they knew was what they told you what to do. And they told you focus, put your head down, um, focus on your schoolwork, get your regular job so you can help the family. Don't think about anything crazy. Don't listen to anybody else because mind your own business. And that is that. And it put fear into you. So I went to this conference, my first conference that I did this year, there was a lady there from Nigeria, and she had just had a baby. And when we did the Q&A, she woke up, she asked her own question. She was broken. I mean, she was just, she looked depressed, and she, she really was hurt. And she she said, you know, how do I overcome Um, in Nigeria, I was a go getter. I was a girl that could sell anything in college. I could sell car. I sold cars. I sold anything, clothes, whatever you gave me to sell. I was that girl in Nigeria. I had businesses. And as soon as I came to America, everything is just, I, I can't get my mind to really believe that I can do it in America. I feel differently. I don't feel, I don't even know where to go. I don't know where to start. And my, you know, I don't know with my immigration thing and everything. I don't even know what to do. And she was crying. And I was like, you know, based on what your circle is and who brought you here and how you came here has an impact in you. And also the number one thing that keeps us in fear and bondage is when you don't have your immigration papers. Because when we come here and your papers are not not straight, and this is something I deal with, this is where this is the major number one issue that we have that kills our dreams, that kills our gifts and our vision is because most of us, when we come here, our papers are not really, really straight. We're still trying to, even if we're documented, we're still trying to finalize and get everything together. And so it kills everything else because you're living in fear. And that fear is not really because somebody's knocking on your door. And that's how the enemy works, because it's not something that somebody's knocking on your door or you are being deported tomorrow. It's just you are just afraid because people have told you other people's stories and people have told you, hey, don't don't go there, don't go there because is it police catch you and then people add to. They magnify something that is not that big. And because you don't take your time to go gain knowledge, you're in bondage because of lack of knowledge. Because when you do more research, you, you'll be like, oh, it's not that bad. There are people out there with a worse situation. They're doing fine. I'm not really in a bad situation. But because you're in bondage because based on what people tell you, you live that way. And then after you actually get your papers, you're still stuck with that mindset that this is not your motherland. This is not your country. So when you're here, just do what you got to do, follow the law. Don't speak Don't out. Don't speak your mind. Don't try to go do what the Americans do. They, those are Americans. You are an African. <laughs> so you can't do what the Americans do. Americans can go open businesses. Americans can have successful businesses that do different things because they can go to Congress and complain. They can go to the police station and complain. We, Even those that have papers will be still scared to go to a police station to, to complain or to complain. Even in the restaurant, if somebody, listen, I know my rights and I speak my rights. Okay. But I remember there was a time where my papers were not straight too. And if a police officer pulled in next to you, you about to shit on yourself. (laughs) (laughs) And that you're not doing nothing wrong, but it's just that thing that people have put. And it wasn't like I was undocumented. I just wasn't a citizen, but it's just, you hear so many things and it affects, that's how fear comes in and it stays there. And then it starts manifesting everything in your life where you feel like deep down, you're not good enough to do it. And I felt that way too before. Where it was like, well, I can't really do this because I'm not an American. You know, Americans didn't have, they know their system. But guess what? I started gaining knowledge about the system, talking to people. I asked a lot of I'm one of those people that you will get irritated because I ask so many questions. And I don't mind who it is, how it is. My hair clients, I've gained so many. We talk, I'm asking all the questions and I've gained so much knowledge. And it has really, truly given me freedom in knowledge. There is freedom in knowledge. So Google can tell you, you can talk to people, but the thing about Africans is secrecy that we've learned since from back home is that we don't share nothing. We don't share our our cries. We don't share our, you know, our our questions. We don't share what we're really thinking because, ooh, keep your business to yourself. That's only for your mama and them. But your mama and them, too, in bondage because they don't know the system. So if you're afraid to go tell somebody that, hey, I'm struggling with my immigration status. Do you know anybody that, do you know how this, that, 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 that? And you'd be surprised the information, the knowledge that you will get. You know what I mean? And so I think our biggest thing is we don't go seeking the knowledge. We just feel like based on what other people have gone through or what we've heard, that's it. And then we stay in bondage. And that's that. And so there's really an immigrant mindset. And those that do start a business still do it with the immigrant mindset where they feel like I've opened – See, if I had the immigrant mindset, when I started uh, my hair business, it was called African mobile braiders. We were all Africans. The vision then was just Africans because African braids so good. That was it. It would have stopped it. I would have gone and opened a braiding shop and called it a day. And since today, I will be in that braiding shop. But because I started gaining more knowledge and God just put me with the right people and I was risk-taking, it has grown now to a marketplace where I can say, yo, I'm trying to compete with StyleSeat and Uber. I'm trying to build, it's not a beauty business. I don't run a beauty business anymore. I run an online marketplace where you come there, you can search a beautician near you, and it's a nationwide, it's going to be a nationwide business, and that's what I'm going to do about it. That's the difference between having an immigrant mindset and having, you know, a mindset where you can do all things through Christ that strengthens you. The lady that braided Beyonce's hair, when I tell you I want to meet her so bad, first of all, I want to punch her. (laughs) (laughs) in love and in kindness just a a holy punch because the lady that did beyonce's lemonade braids you know it's a lady famous lady famous braider here in atlanta and she did she's been in the same location for over 20 years i never knew i was always wondering why braiders are not given the same respect as hairstylists that cut or color and i'm like this is the lady when i finally realized who it was Early this year, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And she does celebrities hair all the time. I'm like, yo, if that was me who did Beyonce's hair, my hair business about to be called Lemonade Hair Braiding Shop. You hear me? I'm about to have franchises. You come on my D, because if you even if you go on her Instagram page, you would not know that she braided Beyonce. You have to scroll all the way to the genesis of the page to know she did Beyonce's hair. And I'm wow. like, that's the difference. That's the difference in mindset, because an American would take that, you will see them everywhere. Beyonce's hair braider. I don't care if I did her hair one time, half a time. That's it. I'm using that to to to, to, to get. I will have a whole hairline of product braiding hair. I mean everything. But she's still in that one shop. She's been there for 22 years. We, and so, yeah, go ahead. you
1: know, you know, <laughs> you know some some people. Um, there's a certain level that success that certain people they pray not to get. Certain success because it might drive them crazy, and I've seen success drive people crazy. Because if you don't know what to do with five dollars on a budget, you won't know what to oh, do yeah. with five million. And mm-hmm. the fact that you know she doesn't want to grow, who knows what that could be? But you we yeah. know that being a Beyonce's hairbrush. Very well,
0: I, yep. T. I, I,
1: I, also, <laughs> and restaurants always will find you know african restaurants they'll always find some help mm-hmm. but then it's always a high turnover sometimes and you're like mm-hmm. what's what's going on. And then when you talk mm-hmm. to it, like we will help even recruit sometimes. And they're mm-hmm. like, they didn't even want to pay me minimum wage. And I'm like, yep, this guy is making hand over fist. I know I just mm-hmm. put him in a magazine. Uh, I know mm-hmm. his numbers because I've gone through his business, whatever, because um, mm-hmm. I've been hired mm-hmm. to do that. Why mm-hmm. are we treating each other like that? That mm-hmm. mindset that I should hire mm-hmm. you so you can go open your mm-hmm. own thing. And it should be mm-hmm. like, you know, that's the only revolving door that I want. But that immigrant yeah. mindset, I also thought when you said that, when, when I saw the video in my mind, it came like when people don't want to maybe upgrade, um, because that exactly. immigrant mindset, they when fear. they don't want to, up- yeah, yeah it, it's a yeah. fear, but it's not just an immigrant thing. I'm going to say mm-hmm. even for, cause I'm going to focus on black folk around the world. Yeah. When yep. I, when yep. you yep. say yep. you're going to be open at 10, you should be open at 10. <laughs>
0: And there's too, no though. black folks immigrants too, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we all still got the same
1: situation. <laughs> it, it, it's the same. It's the same thing. And then I think, you know, when you talk to Chinese people, they will okay. tell you, you know, th- we think sometimes, oh, this culture has it better. That's why they run business, but they too have Mm -hmm. some of the same complaints. So Mm -hmm. we all are just one people. God made us all. But if we can Mm -hmm. do anything, folks, it's to say to do better, hire Mm -hmm. people. Don't go crazy Mm -hmm. saying, I can't find anyone when we have an entrepreneur right here. You can go on her website, you can go on her Instagram. Mm -hmm. You can find someone to do Mm -hmm. your hair and it's going mm-hmm. nationwide, and hopefully it goes worldwide. Because I know in Limbe Amen. and and even in you know Yawunde and Douala, you know they are. I, when I got my hair done, I said, "You know what? This would have cost me a hundred dollars in the states because it's like I got 20. the. Mas- it, it's like <laughs> wait, no, it's like eight. <laughs> it was eight. I got the massage, you know, I, 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 everything, yeah. you know, yep, yep. And, and 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 it's a beautiful thing. So entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. like you are needed you're needed here and you're needed you know even um back in Cameroon and and beyond
0: oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah and that's my goal is that I God blesses me where I can you know do more speaking engagement and consulting and actually helping people and being um having them accountable because sometimes people hear a great word and they're inspired and then two weeks later it died. And I'm like, because you didn't continue and you didn't you didn't seek guidance and you have to keep asking for help. And as many times as I tell people, hey, reach out to me, and a few people actually do it. And we actually make moves and I help them and they help me too because it's a give and take. You can't just come to me just to take also. It's a relation. I believe in building relationships because I definitely can learn something from you as much as you're learning from me too. It's a mutual relationship. And so always reach out to people. And us immigrants sometimes too, we just see somebody on, on Instagram or social media and we get intimidated or we just feel like, oh, I don't want them to feel, to think so highly of themselves or I don't want them to think that I need help. I don't want them to feel themselves. And then you miss your blessing because you have pride based on your immigrant insecurities and mindset. Reach out to people. I tell people I should be getting a flood of Instagram questions or I get on YouTube. And most of the people that ask me questions on YouTube are black Americans. Very rarely do I get an African asking me questions. So people should want to know, just know that knowledge, lack of knowledge, people perish. That the thing that is stopping you from your first million dollars is knowledge. Me and you can make a million dollars today. Kellen, if we knew the right knowledge of how to make it. Like, if you knew the insight where somebody came in the stocks market, for example, and said, hey, in five minutes, this business is about to, if you, if you spend $5 to buy stocks, we had that insight, you know, source, we could make a million dollars. That's the only thing stopping us It's knowledge. It's nothing else but knowledge. So you have to work, get the knowledge, go on Google, go on YouTube, go on Instagram, ask questions, put your pride aside, ask questions. If you can't afford them, ask for something else. Ask if you can do something for them. I have a lot of my book. I wrote my book, I didn't pay a dime for it. Guess what I did? I pay hair services. One of my hair clients is a book publisher. She, she's actually my spiritual big sister now. And um, she put the seed in my head to write a book. And I said, oh, the book is for Oprah. and then. I, I'm just Louise doing that. What am I going to do writing a book? And she was like, this is how much she charged, and I'm like, I can't afford that. So guess what? I was like, hmm, I wonder if I can offer her my services for free for a year in, in, in exchange for her publishing my book. She said, yeah, all I have to do was ask. Now, she, I could have been thinking, well, what did she think of it this way or blah, 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 and she's not going to say yes because blah, blah, blah. I asked. All you have to do is ask. The, the most somebody can do is say no. And so I asked, and that's how my book got published for free. So. Go get your knowledge, people. That's all. I. That's that's the most important thing.
1: Go get that knowledge. That's why we do this to give the game. Mm-hmm. Yo, I might have found a guest host for when my co-host, <laughs> you know, when they when they are I too am busy. All in.
0: I'm in. <laughs> yeah,
1: I I want you, Luis. I want you to check your your DM and Instagram. Okay. I, I want I want to talk okay. to you um quickly offline and mm-hmm. um i you have um sparked more than i thought in my brain but you guys mm-hmm. i want you to make sure you check out the description box like share this for the next entrepreneur for yourself you are great enough to do this it's not rocket science mm-hmm. but it will take hard work nope. like louis said mm-hmm. faith without works is dead, it's dead. you got to have both
0: works and mm-hmm. in- yep yep both of them Yes.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Luis, for coming on. And we're going to talk shortly after this. Awesome. Thank you. So I think this is a good place to stop our dialogue for this episode and allow you, the listeners, to join the conversation and keep the dialogue going with us online.
0: You can do so by visiting our social media at Facebook, Diversified Game Podcast, on Instagram and Twitter, Game Diversified